morning and welcome to Harvest Love Church once again. Um, yeah, praise the Lord. This is the first Sunday of the month of October. Woohoo! And we're two months away, or nearly two months or one and a half months away from Christmas. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. And all the time, God is good. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, um, just yeah, um, if, even in the midst of a storm, God can calm any storm, right? The storm that we are in or you are in, God can calm that. You, need, you just need to start praising Him and thanking Him and things will change. Like, you know, your situation may not change straight away, but the, 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 your heart will change and uh, it's just, it will that the heaviness, the fear, the anxiety, the worry will be lifted off from you. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all you labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Okay, so we need to learn how to enter into the presence of God so we can receive rest. Rest, not in the sense of like just physical rest. Some people, they sleep more than eight hours, but still they wake up with heaviness. They still wake up with pain or uh, they, it feel, they, they feel like they didn't go to sleep, right? So it's because your physical body or uh, your, your soul is troubled and it affects your physical body. So we need to learn how to enter into that rest that God promised us. And that is, how do we enter? Again, the book of Psalms says we entered His presence, His courts with praise, and His gates with thanksgiving. So we cannot enter into His presence with complaining, murmuring, or uh, wondering if God will do something. We need to enter with praise. We need to enter with thanksgiving. I know sometimes it's hard to thank God, especially when uh, when your situation seems like it's, it's impossible or there's no you, you don't see any way out of it. But uh, keep on doing it. Like keep trying. Keep on. Uh, uh, you know, you're, you have to um, command your soul, like um, David commanded his soul. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He commanded his soul. Our soul does not want to praise God. Our soul does not want to even wake up, you know, to praise Him, right? But if you want a breakthrough or um, uh, freedom from all worry and cares and fear, you have to command your soul. Your soul has to be submitted to your spirit. And this is the reason why we need to study the Word of God to strengthen our spirit, to make our spirit strong, right? A strong spirit who can bear, right? Whatever problem, trouble comes to a person with a strong spirit, that will not uh, put them down, that will not bring them low because they have a strong spirit. It's not a strong soul, but a strong spirit. Amen? So today, I'll, we'll start a new um, uh, subject or theme for this month of October. And it's called um, moving in the in the power of God or moving in God's power. So today I would like to share something about a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So we before I we moved on to uh, experiencing or moving in the power of God in the ministry, uh, we have I I'd like to share this now. Um, this word that I'm going to share with you is how. Can we experience a life empowered by the Holy Spirit? So just remember, when we were born again, we were born again of the Spirit of God, 
right? We are not born again of the flesh, but we are born again of the Spirit of God. In John 6, uh, chapter 3, 6 to 7, I'm not going to open my Bible, but it's all in my um, in my notes here. It's for, sake, uh, for the time's sake, I want to finish what I've, I've um, prepared today. So John 3, 6 to 7, it says that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So we were born by the Spirit of God. And in 1 Peter 2, 13, it says that we have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. In other translation, it says we have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, which is the word and living, abiding word of God. So it means eternal. It's not perishable. It's not subject to change. It's not subject to decay. So we have been born again by the Spirit of God. And being born again, uh, you might be saved yesterday. It doesn't, uh, God does not expect you to change straight away. It's a process. Change and transformation starts the day that you become a born-again believer. To change and transformation starts the day that you got saved. Okay, so we become new creation by the experience of born-again into the kingdom of God through the Holy Spirit. Things that we used to be, right? The person that we used to be starts to change. And some most of the time, we don't even see it. People recognize it. It's people that will see the change inside of us. So new creation means we are not the same person like we used to be before we got saved. And being born again is not changing our religion or giving ourselves a new name. Being born again, you know, most of us say uh, being born again is a relationship, and that's true. It's not religion. Being born again is an encounter with the living, powerful God. And I, I know that it's true when I got saved because I, I, like I, I, I desire to know more about God, which before I got saved or before I, I, I didn't even know that there is a Bible. I didn't even know that God can speak to me. But when I got saved, my eyes were open and that desire to know God more, it's, it's, it started to, to begin in my heart. I started to seek Him. I started to read the Bible, started to pray. I started to talk to Him. Like the Bible says, yeah? So these are all change and transformation that happen inside me, right? The change happens inside out. It doesn't happen outside in, right? The transformation happens inside out. Okay, you got saved, you get black hair, you're still going to be have black hair, right? So don't expect the things to change outside. But the great thing or um, the supernatural, I would say, happens to us is when we are changed from inside out. Yep. So I've heard testimonies of people that has been changed and transformed by the Word of God and by the Spirit of the Living God. Why? Because we were born by the Spirit of God. We were born by the incorruptible seed of God. And an and, and, and evidence of being born again is you start changing. You start to transform. You are starting to be transformed to someone that God intended you to be, originally intended you to be. Right? Because we were all separated. We were all, we, we went on our own ways. And that's not God's original purpose for us. But when we got saved, we received Jesus Christ in our hearts. He started to change for us our hearts. He started to change our desires. So remember, I cannot change myself, and you cannot change yourself. I cannot even save myself, and you cannot save yourself either. 
We all need God. Amen. We all need to realize that it's only God that can save us from our misery. It's only God that can save us from our troubles. And it's only God that can save us from our pride. Amen. What saved me was the love of God. You know, I cannot find that kind of love anywhere else. I cannot even love myself the way God loves me. He loves me more than I love myself. Right? He loves me even when I was yet a sinner. He loves me even when I don't know Him and I don't even want to know Him. God loves me. So His love is unconditional. His love is constant. It doesn't change. Right? He's not, always, he's not, he's not a God that uh, wakes up one morning and, 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 uh, and wonder if He still loves you. No, His love is, is constant. It never changes. Amen. So that is one of the reasons why I'm very confident about my relationship with God because it's not something that I'm always scared that He will one day reject me or will one day hurt me because He's not a man. The Bible says that God is not a man. He, should, he, he doesn't lie like a man. Right? Man changes, but God's love never changes. Amen? And, uh, and one of the good things also that I, I have experienced with God and I know you all have experienced is what Jesus promised in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And he said, you will receive power. You receive power. So it was not just a transformation that happened inside of me and inside of you through the word of God and through the power of through the Holy Spirit. He also entrusted us the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? He said, he, he, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen. And, and we see that in, um, happen in Acts chapter 2 when the people of God, when the disciples were waiting in the, uh, the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came. So the power of the Holy Spirit is upon every single person who received and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of uh, their lives. So that's why it's really important that we do understand that God did not only, uh, God does not only desire us to be saved, but He wants us to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is why if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about baptism of water. Some people, they they confu- they, they, they mistaken that they think, uh, when I ask them, are you baptized? They think, ah, yes, I'm baptized in water. I was baptized at church in water. That's different. Okay, there's baptism in water and there's baptism in the Holy Spirit. And baptism in the Holy Spirit is an event. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is an event. It's an experience. So we all need, because Jesus promised us that He will send us the Holy Spirit that will come upon us and empower us. And we need empowerment of the Holy Spirit. To be honest, we cannot live a victorious Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So you might say, well, I know I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. And that is good, right? It's good that you are saved. You are going to heaven. But do you know that there are people who believe that they are saved and that they are going to heaven, right? There are a lot of Christians that they know they are saved and they're going to heaven. They go to church, they pray, they pay their tithes, but they are still living a miserable life here on earth. And that's sad, right? It's sad because Jesus himself said, I have come, I have come to give you life. He's referring to every individual who receive Him and accept Him as His Lord and as their Lord and Savior. He said, I have come to give you life and not just life, not just, not just normal life, but life that is abundant, life that is overflowing. So, where are we, where, where is God, oh, what God is expecting from us? 
is not to wait to go to heaven to experience an overflowing abundant life. That is not what Jesus is saying. He's saying you can have an abundant overflowing life here now on earth. Right? But there Christian that are they waiting to go to heaven to experience an abundant um, a blessed life but that's not what the Bible says he said I have come to give you life when you don't need life in in heaven there's always life in heaven you need life here you need to live a life abundant life a blessed life amen so <clears throat> have you heard people that, that says I wish I can be with Jesus now right I don't know, maybe, maybe you said the same before, right? I, I wish I could be with Jesus right now in heaven. I've said that when I went through like a, a really hard time, tough time. I've just say, Lord, take me, take me home, take me home. That's a very selfish prayer, right? A um, very selfish, foolish prayer. Uh, I believe that's not what uh, God will never take anyone's life. So it's really a wrong prayer to pray. Yep. So, ever wonder why they say that? People that, uh, Lord, take me home. or Me, I know, because I, I don't want to uh, face the problem anymore, right? Uh, uh, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to, I, I feel I'm, I'm really tired fighting this battle, right? So, I believe that's the same with other people. That, that's the reason why they want, they want to be taken to heaven by God, you know, leave the earth and taken by, to heaven by God. Because these people, they want an easy way out. But do you think Jesus would be happy to see you in heaven while you are supposed to be here, here on earth doing what he called you to do? Right? He's not. Yeah? We've learned this when we cover the study about the kingdom of God. Yep. Heaven, heaven is not made just for us, but it's, the earth actually was created for us to take dominion and authority. So... It's not that he does not want us to heaven. At the moment, he does not want us to be in heaven because he's got an, a reason why he put us here on earth. And, um, yeah, so my question is, is it really possible for us to live a victorious Christian life in the midst of this crazy world where good is considered evil and evil is considered good? Is it really possible for us to live a, a sanctified life, a holy, separated life in the midst of where morality is not, you know, there's no knowledge of God, there's rebellion, uh, rebellion against God, where, where yeah, we, we, we treat, uh, if, you, if, you, if you see this, um, if you don't agree with this, what the world says, you are regarded as, you are regarded as someone that is uh, against, against what they, the world believes. So, is it possible for us to forgive someone who has hurt us? Or can we break a bad habit or move forward in life when we feel we are stuck? Or is it possible for us to overcome the adversities of life? Who doesn't have adversity? Who doesn't go through troubles? Who doesn't have challenges? But is it possible for us as Christians, as believers, as, as a child of God, to overcome all these adversities of life? Yes, it is possible. Right? It, is, it is possible. And, and, and I'll give you some verses. Second Peter, I'll start with Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. The Bible says in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, By His divine power. By His divine power. 
God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So this verse clearly tells us that God has given us His divine power so that we can live a godly life. Right? I've heard people, Christian, that says, Oh, it's hard to live a godly life. It's hard to be pure. It's hard to be holy. It's hard to be sanctified. But this word says, His divine power. Whose power? God's divine power. The reason why we fall into temptation or sin is because we are not relying on the divine power that God has already placed inside of us. Right? This is very clear. By His divine power, God has given us everything, everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him. When did you receive this divine power to live a godly life? When you came to know Him, when you first, the first day you accepted Jesus Christ, you received divine power so that you can live a godly life. Am I saying you will not be tempted? You will be tempted. You will be tested. Right? God tests. God does not tempt. Satan tempts. Right? So God tests us and Satan tempts us. But the word of God is very clear. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So when we are faced with temptation or when we are faced with a challenge and, and, and we are about to give up, remember this word. It says we have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. Right? Some people beg for God to give them the power. You have already had the power. Right? You just have to appropriate the power, believe what the Word of God says. The problem is we don't believe it, right? Because it's spiritual. And we are used to see in the natural. But when we do understand that the Word of God is incorruptible seed, right? it has power to transform, it has power to change. I didn't change myself, though I obeyed the Word of God. Through obeying the Word of God, through feeding on the Word of God, I I, I learned that lying is wrong. I learned that um, uh, being, uh, you know, critical, judgmental is wrong. I used to not know that. To me, like li- lying, uh, there's white lies, there's different colors of lies. But in the Bible, all lies, <laughs> whether it's white, green, red, it's all lies. And, and the Bible is very clear. Those liars or liars go to hell, right? So anyway, we cannot, we cannot overcome sin within our own strength. We cannot overcome and give um, a say no to temptation in our own strength. But the Bible, praise God, clearly tells us, Second Peter 1.3, by His divine power. You have your Bible, underline that word. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. So, church, it's possible to live a godly life. Okay, it's possible to live a godly life. God never asked us to live this messy and challenging life in our own human strength. And though we open try, willpower and sheer determination just won't go the distance. I have seen this. I, I had this experience too, like I tried. Right? I really tried very hard. I really tried very hard. But, but the, God says, don't try very hard. Just believe me. And, and accept and believe what my word, my word says by faith. 
receive it, appropriate it, and leave it. Okay, believe it. All right. And I know we need the power of God every day. Amen. We need the power of God every day. And where is the power of God residing? It's inside of us. Right? Why? Because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. The Bible says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Imagine what what type of power, how powerful is that? We take that for granted. We just quote it, but we don't. Imagine the power that raised someone dead. That same power lives inside of you. That same power lives inside of you. So if you have, if you find yourself in a dead situation, or if you find yourself that even your own prayer is dead, or yourself is dead, no life, right? You got no life at all. Stir it up because the power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you. So you have to dwell deep, deep into your spirit. And the Bible says, stir up your gifts. Right? How? Pray in tongues. Sing songs of praises. Right? And stir it up. How do you stir it up? Right? How, how often do you stir up when you're cooking? How often do you stir up soup? You, stir, you don't stir it just one. You have to stir up, stir up until all the ingredients are, are combined in the water and your water turns to be really good because it, it now tastes, all the ingredients has been stirred up. So that's how you do it too. You stir it up, right? You don't stop until the Spirit of God rises up within you. Amen? Some of us, they, we just stop, we just wait. We just wait. We, we think of God as a fairy godmother that turns up from heaven with a magic wand and... You know, you're now filled with the Holy Spirit. No, it's not going to open your mouth. You open your mouth. Right? He's not going to open your mouth. You have to open your mouth and start praising the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. The, you know, the moment you stand up and you're, you're in misery, you have problems, you're, you're in pain, you're in sickness, the moment you stand up and start praising the Lord, the enemy flee. The enemy flee. The enemy flee. Right? Because he cannot stand the praises of God's people. To Him, it's torment. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, you're enjoying yourself, praising the Lord, you're jumping up and down, you're dancing, you're screaming, you're shouting, and the enemy, is a, his, his, his hands is on his ears, and say, stop! You know, it's tormenting me. Because he cannot stand, he cannot believe that he was created to be the anointed cherub. Right? He was create, created with all the musical instruments. In his body. That's why he fight praise so much. Why? Because he was the original one that was created by God to do that. But God gave it to us. Right? Satan cannot handle it. So he doesn't, he's not happy. So you want to upset the, the devil? You want to upset the devil? First thing in the morning, praise God. First thing in the morning, praise God. Oh, there's nothing to praise God about. There's nothing to thank God about. You're alive. You're alive. You're still, you know, you're still whole. Like, you're not missing a part of your body. Right? Do you know that thousands of people woke up this morning with no jobs? With no food? Or maybe they, they woke up on the streets because they got no homes. They are homeless. But you still wake up, woke up with your, in your bed. You still have coffee that you drank. You know, you have you were able to eat breakfast before the li- live streaming, right? So you have everything 
to thank God for. So we we just start, and, and that is it. it regen, it's what's that? Regenerate the power of God in us, right? If I find my phone uh, in in twenty percent power, what do I do? I, I I look at my charger, and sometimes I miss. I miss. I thought I turn on the plug. Then I wait for an hour, come back. My phone is still in twenty percent, right? And we do that also. Sometimes we thought we're plugged in to the power, but we forgot the basic, simple thing is to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, right? We forgot to turn on the plug, right? So we, we look at our, our, our life and say, oh, I'm only 20%. <laughs> right? Yes. Energy. <laughs> I, you know that um, commercial, that battery, you don't need to recharge it all the time. Yeah, it's full of life. Amen. So we need the power of God every day. In every area of our lives. Not just during church. Not just when we pray. In every area. You need the power of God in finances. You need the power of God in decision making. You need the power of God in your relationship. Don't try to make it happen. Alright? Your relationship involve God in your relationship, husband and wife. Don't fight over something that you don't involve God. When you ask God to, when you are about to speak or talk about something, invite Jesus in your conversation and you'll end up, you know, by the time, you, you won't even talk about your problem. You'll be hugging each other because Jesus is there. It's wherever Jesus is, there is peace, there is, uh, there is unity. Amen? So when you involve Jesus in everything you do, everything will be okay. The problem is we don't want Him to be involved. Right? We wait for the problem this big before we call upon God. But we have to call Him every time. Like we need to get Him involved in from the smallest detail to the biggest details of our lives. Amen? So this is another verse. Ephesians chapter 1, 19 to 20. The Bible says, what is the immeasurable greatness of His power? Immeasurable. That means you cannot measure it, right? Immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe. Who got this immeasurable greatness of His power? Us who believe. According to the working of His great might. Right? Great power, great might. Remember, there's... Uh, I think it's Acts chapter 10 or 4 that says that by great, with great grace and great power, the, the apostles manifested healing and, and uh, miracles because they were moved by great grace and power. Amen. So this is what happens to a life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we believe that we have the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us. Why? Because we believe Him. We believe Him. Amen. That He worked in Christ. God worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly, in, in the heavenly places. What raised Jesus from the dead? The Spirit of God. The power of God. And the Bible says the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is the power of God that is inside of you. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. According to the power that is at work within us. Where is the power? Within us. It's not somewhere out there. Somewhere out there. 
It's not somewhere out there. It's within you, right? Yeah? I, I used to pray, Lord, um, uh, fill me with the power. Fill me with the power. Fill me the, with the power. And God says, you're already with the power. You just need to use it, right? If you don't use it, you will lose it, right? If you don't charge up, then you will die, like your phone, yeah? That's why you need a charging up. What is a charging up? In feeling of the Holy Spirit. What is the charging up? In feeling of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you pray in tongues? When was the last time you asked for, for the Holy Spirit to fill you up again? Have you ever driven your car for one year never fill up petrol? You'll end up somewhere in the middle of the road, right? Can, can, can move your car, can, can drive your car because you run out of petrol. Petrol to us is the Holy Spirit, right? Petrol to us is the Holy Spirit. Or you put petrol but you forgot to maintain your car. You don't put oil, right? And this is probably most mistakes of women because we don't know how to change oil. I know how to change oil before but now no more, right? But yeah. So we keep on driving our car, driving our car for years without ch ch checking and maintaining and putting oil. And what is the oil in the Bible? Oil of the Holy Spirit. So people say, oh, you, got already, you already got baptized. You don't need the Holy Spirit to be filled. No, you need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Like a car, you need the petrol. Like a car to be maintained well, to run well properly, is to be uh, uh, change oil. You need also oil of the Holy Spirit. That's why some of us, we, you know, there's no gladness. There's no joy, right? You see someone that's like they've been marinated to a bucket of lemon the whole day, right? But, but, and then they, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't believe you because you've got no strength because you have no joy. The joy of the Lord overflows. The joy of the Lord spills over. Right? It affects your environment. It affects people. Right? When, when you are a person with the joy of the Lord, people want to hang around with you because you are always with joy. You are always with, with positivity. You're always optimistic. You always have something good to say. Right? That is the person with the joy of the Lord. And like Guada said, it's not about happiness. It's not what the world defines it. The world defines it as happiness based on uh, uh, outside situation, based on material things. But joy comes, the joy that God, the Holy Spirit gives, it's inside of you. It's not dependent on how what you see. It's not dependent on your situation. Do you know that you can have joy even in the midst of darkness? Even in the midst of trials? Even if you're beaten up? Even if you're, you know, uh, Paul says, persecuted, beaten, but he said, shipwrecked, uh, you know, everything. All, all these um, bad things happened to this apostle, but he still say the joy of the Lord or rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He repeated it over and over and over again. He's the most joyful person on earth, I, I believe, because he wrote <laughs> wrote some of these books in the in the prison. Who can be joyful in the prison? And here we are. We just lost a job, or we, you know, we we yeah, it just we look like we're always in the prison. Yeah. Yeah, on the way, on the way here, I was I was listening to some Bethel music, and I they singing, 
I raise an hallelujah in the midst, in the presence of my enemy. I raise an and I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Some Christian, the moment their boats were rocked, I'm not gonna sing. I'm gonna complain. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna hide myself. No. When there is darkness, put yourself out in the light. Because darkness cannot comprehend light. You know what the devil, it's not in my, I think, you know, I keep saying this. When you are going through some problem or trials, don't run away from fellowship. That is the biggest mistake you can make. Don't run away. I Don't isolate yourself. Why? The devil wants you to isolate yourself with all this reasoning and, and, and um, um, mindset and say, oh, I don't want to be, you know, uh, I, I'm so embarrassed, blah, blah, blah. They might say, I don't have that faith. You don't really have that faith. So <laughs> just accept it, right? But anyway, it's not condemning. But what the devil wants you to do is to isolate yourself from the light. Because he knows when once you are in darkness, there's no light. There's no hope. There's no, like, all these dreams and vision is gone because you're in darkness. No one can see in darkness, right? So he wants you to be separated from those people who has light. They may be annoying. They may keep on bringing the same word over and over and over, at least, but that's light, right? So keep, keep staying in the light. Even if you don't agree with everything they say, just stay in the light. Because eventually that light will penetrate every part of your being and then you'll decide, I'm out of this, right? Because when the, devil's, uh, the devil is stronger in darkness. He's not the God of light. He's the God of darkness. So he gets stronger and stronger when you stay in isolation. So don't isolate yourself, with, especially from fellowship, from fellowship of the believers, right? That, that's one yeah, common mistake. Common mistake is to isolate. I know there are times that God wants to, you to take time for yourself and fellowship with Him. That's different. And you hear from God, right? You hear and you come out stronger than before. You come out with like anointing, like you can conquer the world. It's different from someone that uh, pity themselves and feel sorry about them. Come out of it because that's what the devil wants you to stay in that darkness and, and, and isolate yourself. And isolation, you, you know, there, there is no one that, um, what is that? No man is an island. No man is an island. Even a dog needs an owner. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Even a dog. Okay. So what is a life empowered by the Holy Spirit? A life empowered by the Holy Spirit is a life that stays connected with Jesus Christ. John 15, chap- chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him. So there is an abiding presence of Jesus Christ in you. Right? He it is that bears much fruit. When you are connected, you stay connected. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. You stay connected with, with Jesus Christ who is the vine. Who is the source of life. Right? When you are connected, continuously connected with Jesus Christ, fruit comes Fruit start to bear, like to come out of your life. There will be fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's why you know and you know when a person is truly converted, when a person is truly saved or born again, because they are connected with the with the vine. They started to grow out those fruit. 
and people will, you know, who does not want a tree that has fruits. If you have a mango tree that stays there, it's like really green. We had that, right? And um, yeah, it's really green. It's, wow, it looks strong and healthy. They bear fruit, but, but uh, it didn't grow, right? The, the ants ate and the dry, you know, the sun, yeah, the insects ate it. So it didn't grow. I don't know. It must, I want to see if they connected. <laughs> but, but they are probably on the wrong ground. Or they didn't, we didn't look after it, all right? So that's our mistake, yeah? So anyway, we didn't look after it. So that's why we need to make sure we are connected with Christ, okay? We are always connected with Christ. You are connected with the source of power. Who gives you the power? Jesus Christ, amen? It's either you grow or you will die. And you don't want to die. You want to grow. You want to bear fruit. You want to be fruitful. You want to be productive, right? You want people to come to you because you are so fruitful, right? Yeah? You don't want, you don't want to be someone that, you know, people doesn't want to be around because, doesn't want to be around with you because you're not fruitful. <laughs> you don't bear the fruit. So our spiritual life will either wither or die. But we want to um, grow. Yeah. So abiding in Christ means to remain, to stick around, to hang out, to be with Him. Are you hanging out with Jesus? Who, man? Right there. Yeah? Hang out with Jesus. Yep. Hang out with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, because He's cool. Amen. Chill, man. Yeah, He's cool. Jesus is cool. Hallelujah. So as we pray and read God's word and seek to apply it to our lives, we develop a stronger relationship with Christ and we stay connected with him. Just remember, he is the vine, we are the branches. He actually said that without me, you cannot do anything. Alright, so don't try to do anything. Even if you are the most talented person, the most gifted person on earth, you cannot last. Because you might, for a while, yes, but, you know, you will not last because you are not connected to the true source of power. And the source of power is Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So, number two, a life empowered by the Holy Spirit helps you find your true purpose in life. It's sad that still a lot of Christians does not know what they are called to do or why they are saved. Right? Some of them, yeah, like I said in the beginning, they, they I'm not saved because I'm going to heaven. That's just a very uh, small vision. But we got saved because God wants us to dominate and, 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 and take dominion over this earth. Yeah? But there's still some people, Christian, born-again believers, they're still not finding the true purpose in God. So you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 14, Jesus said, He will bring glory he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Where does the purpose of man come from? The one who created us, right? If you buy a mobile phone, iPhone, who is the manufacturer of iPhone? Apple, right? So Apple knows everything about iPhone. And when you buy it, it, it comes with a manufacturer's manual. So to read or to know how this mobile phone will work, I have to read the ma manufacturer's manual, right? From beginning to end. So, it will function according to its purpose. And this is what happened to us. We want to live our life. We accepted Jesus Christ. We get connected with Jesus Christ. But we want to live it in our own way. 
So we are trying to fill up, you know, uh, like we're trying to help God to write our life. But He's already written the purpose for our lives from the beginning, even before you were created, God knows you. Even before you created, you were created, God knows your purpose. So to be wise, to find out exactly what is my purpose and your purpose, go to the one who created you. Because he knows why he created you. If you're a creator, if you created something, maybe a design or you, you're a, a, a seamstress, you design a, dra- a dress, you, you made a dress, right? You know what is that purpose for, right? So you don't go anywhere else. You don't go to other person, to other people to ask them, what is your purpose for this particular design or for this particular item? You go to the person who created them. So when we want to find out what is my true purpose in life, then we go to the one who created us. And how do we go to the one who created us? Again, the power is inside of you. So you have to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is your purpose? Holy Spirit, what is your plan for my life? Holy Spirit, what is your what what do you want me to do? What do you want me what is your next step for my life? Do you want me to take this job? Is this where you want me to go? Is this where you want me to live? We're changing address. Is this the suburb where you want us to live? This is how finding the will and the purpose of God for your life. Because the Holy Spirit empowers you to discover your true purpose in life by speaking to you through inward witness and through His Word. Okay, remember, the inward witness of the Holy Spirit and God's Word will never contradict itself. Why? Because the author of the Bible or the Word is the Holy Spirit. Have you ever read a book where the author is confused? They are contradicting from one chapter, you read chapter 1, and then you go to chapter 5, they're contradicting. No, the author always complements each chapter because there is only one author. So not to be confused, then go to the author. Don't ask people. Pray. Right? Yeah? Pray. They can, you can ask them to pray with you or pray for you, but don't ask, what do you think God's purpose for my life? I don't know. Find out. Right? Yeah, spend time to fast and pray. Fast if you need to fast and pray. Right? Don't skip that. Yeah? God is a God of vision and purpose. And anyone that get connected with God will definitely live a life of purpose and vision. Right? I got no purpose before. <laughs> I got no purpose before. I was like, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, when I use, I'm useless. Yeah, my husband's are useless. I got no purpose, yeah? I wake up in the morning, go to, to my work, and then, yeah, wait for the next fortnight so I can have my money and buy clothes and, uh, you know, shoes and whatever. Got no purpose. No vision at all. No dreams. Right? I, I, well, I dream something, but not that much, you know? So, but then when I got saved, then I realized, hey, I'm not just I'm not just created to exist here on earth, right? Yeah, that people will uh, look at me and just, oh, yeah, you're right, you're good. No, I've got a purpose. I've got a mission. I've got a vision, right? And and having a purpose in life, it's just like it, it gives you the, the you know energy to wake up in the morning. In fact, you know, like when you have a when you understand why you're working, why are you there? It's not just for the sake of money you are important to your company because you contribute, then you have the, the you know, you have this motivation and, and, and um, desire to wake up in the morning. Amen? 
I know if we are at church, very, very few will say amen to that. <laughs> because, yeah, like, you know, not on Monday morning. Yeah, like, thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday, right? But now, praise God. Praise God it's Monday. Right? And thank God it's Friday. Yeah. Okay, so we have to change. If, if you're a man or a woman of purpose, this that doesn't matter what day it is. Right? It doesn't matter what day it is. If you're a man and a woman of purpose, you always, whatever you do, it's because of the purpose. Yep. Okay, you find out, if you find, when you find out that you are a son, when you find out that you are a daughter of the king, you, you are undefeated. When you find out and realize who you are really in Christ, you are undefeated. Amen. That's why Satan tries to keep you from knowing who you really are. Right? He keeps on throwing negative thoughts in your mind and say, "You are worthless. You are. Uh, you are. Wor- you are. You are. Um, you are nothing. You can. You do, do not amount to anything. You can, can you believe your past? You came from this uh, pa- family. They're all, you know, uneducated. Uh, they didn't do anything in the society. They're scumbags, and you will be like them." But the moment you got saved, you realize your purpose, you, you receive a vision, and then you found out who you really are in Christ, you are undefeated, unstoppable child of God. Amen. Amen. When, the, when, the, when man says, no, you cannot have that, you say, no, I will have that. <laughs> no, you cannot have that. And you say, yes, my father said, I can have that. Amen. Because I am a child of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Number three. A life empowered by the Holy Spirit can help you have improved relationship. Isn't it, isn't it good, true that when you got saved and you were empowered by the Holy Spirit, that's, that relationship comes to you? Good relationship, right? You may start wrong, but because you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit, He gives you wisdom. He gives you wisdom on how to relate with people, right? Uh, Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 to 31, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than this. What? Jesus said that? Love my neighbor as, as I love myself? No way. No way, May. That's hard. I can love you, God. I can love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. But love my neighbor. Do you know who my neighbor is? Like, do you even know my neighbor, God? And you ask me to love them as I love myself. That's hard, right? But that's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit to love. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's not, right? It's, you know, it's impossible to love God and not love your neighbor. The Bible says that in John, right? That how can you love someone that you do not see and you cannot love someone that you do, you do see? How can you say, God, I love you that you do not see, but you cannot love the neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Not, not just your neighbor in your left or right. It can be your husband. It can be your wife, right? Yeah, it can be your workmate. It can be a friend. Right? It can be the train driver, the bus driver, the one that you see every day. You go to work, you see them, and you don't like them. You just hate them. <laughs> right? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Yeah? Okay. 
So when you have a good relationship with God, your relationship with people, with earthly relationship, will also be good. Because you cannot have a, a healthy, good relationship with God and you are fighting with people. It's true. Right? You cannot, you cannot, Jesus first came like to love people. So the first thing that you receive from God is the God of love, the spirit of love. Amen. So I'm really praying hard for that one too. So, <laughs> I said, Lord, baptize me with the spirit of love. Right? Baptize me with the spirit of love, Lord. Hallelujah. Never-ending love. Amen. God gives us the power to love unconditionally. So, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us ability to love people. Amen. Hallelujah. God gives us the power to handle everyday life. The power that God gives us and inside of us has the capacity to heal has the capacity to grow, and has the capacity to mend relationships. Not to destroy relationships, but to restore relationships. Relationships are very important. Amen? And we need, and we need most of us need some upskilling when it comes to relationships. We value people. We need to value, we need to learn to value people. We, we, we learn to relate with people or value people not because of what they do to us, but what because of what 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 Jesus has done to us Jesus died for us Jesus loved us amen so if god cannot if if we cannot love people or value people the way Jesus value people we will not see the power of god manifest in our lives so relationship is very important can say i don't need you in my life one day you will need that person in your life amen so we have this power of God's love inside of us that enable us to love others too. And this power of love destroys every fear of being rejected and being abandoned. Amen? The power of God's love destroys every fear of being hurt, being rejected again, being abandoned by someone else. I've heard testimonies of people that were abandoned by their parents, gave away by their parents to orphanages, orphanages. Yeah, they were raised by different, like they're not, they're not their own real parents. They, they grew up with hatred. They grew up with bitterness in their heart. But then they got saved, and the, the Lord changed their heart. They learned to love, right? And that's, that's very, to me, that's supernatural, right? It's, it's not easy to love. We, we cannot fake loving people. But it's easy to, to just, it's easy when we, uh, are empowered by the Holy Spirit to love. Amen? Amen. So number four, a, a life empowered by the Holy Spirit means you can make a difference in this world. With God's working power working in you, you become light and salt to those that are around you. Amen? When you get saved, you have a purpose, you re realize you have a purpose, then you start making difference in other people's lives. You become the light and salt. Yeah? You began, you began to impact people's lives and influence them for the kingdom. You, because that's your purpose now. Like your, your life is not just living your own. You, you live for someone else. You live for someone else. You live to impact people. You live to, to see change come to someone else's life. Because that's really rewarding. Then you become a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ that people start to believe that there is God. You cannot do all these things without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. That's why I'm sharing. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
And number five, last one, is a life empowered by the Holy Spirit is a life that overcomes. Amen. First John 4.4 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit that lives inside of you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. The spirit that lives inside of you is greater than the one that is in this world. Amen. We quote that a lot of times, right? Because he has given us already the spirit of victory, the spirit that cannot be defeated, the spirit that overcomes. Amen. Second Timothy 1.7, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Power, the power of God is inside of you. There is no reason to fear. Amen? Fear can knock at the door. Fear can tempt you to back out and to pull down, you know, and to, to just um, retreat. But the spirit of God says, I have not given you spirit of fear. I have given you spirit of power. I have given you spirit of love, and I have given you spirit of might. Amen. Spirit of discipline. So because the power of the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you are undefeated. Amen. You already have a defeated foe, and you are undefeated. Amen. When you simply do not know what to do, there is hope. You thrive, and you rise above your circumstances. Say this, I rise above my circumstances. Not in my own strength. Not in my own power. But in the power of the Holy Spirit that resides inside of me. Amen. So God's power that is inside of you guarantees you victory and success all the time. Not most of the time. Not sometimes, not maybe, all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. So a life empowered by the Holy Spirit does not give up easily. Does not give up easily. Amen. When you're going through hell, when you're going through hell, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. Because at the end of the tunnel is always light. Amen. Hallelujah. It may seem dark today, but look at the other side. There is light. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He gives us power to overcome. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live victorious, victoriously for the cause of Christ and the glory of the Father. So, church, your life can be different. You really can change. Not by positive thinking of self-effort, but by the power of God. Remember, it's only the power of the Holy Spirit that can change you to love, that can change you to forgive, that can change you to overcome fear, sickness, and disease, that can change you to move from poverty, spirit of poverty and lack and want, to the spirit of prosperity and success. He empowers you to become a more loving person or a more effective leader, a kinder soul, or a better listener. When you are feeling powerless or tired, or you're like you're feel, failing at life, you can always have a confidence that as a believer, you are never alone. You are not alone. You can start each day knowing that the Holy Spirit is there inside of you to help you. Jesus told us that he, I will send you the Holy Spirit who will be dwelling inside of you, who will be your helper, who will be your friend, who will be your encourager, who will be your, your, your friend that will go with you all the time. He is the power. The Holy Spirit is the power that sustains us, energizes us, and keeps us on a holy path. So do not hesitate to invite 
Him in and start living a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit, if you haven't ex- experienced the, the, these things that I have shared with you, and you say, Pastor Chris, I want to live a victorious life, not a defeated life, not a cycle of defeat. Victorious today, defeated tomorrow. God wants you to be victorious all day, every day of your life. Amen? It's not that you're fighting for victory. You are already victorious. So you need a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just pray right now with me and say this prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for the word that I heard today. And I realize I need the Holy Spirit to empower me. Holy Spirit, fill me today. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. With the evidence of speaking in tongues in the name of Jesus. As you open your mouth, just keep praising Him. And be and, and just stir it up inside of you. And you will notice that God is touching your lips, your tongues, and you will start to speak in other tongues. And if you're already baptized in the Holy Spirit, I give you this opportunity to pray in tongues and, and just, just draw from within. Hallelujah. Jesus said that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is there. Hallelujah. Let it flow from within. In the name of Jesus, let every fear, let every worry, let every heaviness, sickness, and pain go in the name of Jesus. And let it be replaced with peace. Let it be replaced with joy. Let it be replaced with renewed hope in Jesus' name. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run. They shall not be weary. They shall walk. They shall not faint. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And if this message has blessed you, please send us a, um, a comment or a message. And if you receive or if you want to receive Jesus Christ right now, let's also pray this prayer of salvation. Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. And the word is spoke to me that I need Holy Spirit. I need Jesus Christ. I need to be connected to him. And today, Lord God, I ask for your forgiveness for all sins that I have committed rebellious ways that I've done in Jesus' name. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Jesus. Cleanse me with your blood. And I open my heart to you right now, Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. I receive you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Today, Lord God, I receive salvation. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for empowering me to live a victorious Christian life from today on. Bring me to the right people. Bring me to the right church. Give me hunger and thirst for your word and for your presence in my life in Jesus' name. And we give you praise, Lord God. I give you praise and glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. You are blessed, you are anointed, and you are loved by God in Jesus' name. God bless you and have a great long weekend. Amen. Enjoy. Amen. God bless you.